it's a bird. It's a plane. It's a it's fairy princess. Superman. Oh, it's Superman. And he's returning with an inconvenient truth. Welcome to the screen. Welcome to the screen for the week of June, June 28th. 28th, okay, thank you. 2006. It's a special screen doubleheader this week. We've got super Two very different movies. Very different movies, <laughs> but both about sort of saving the world or yeah. the world in peril or yeah. there's sort yeah. of natural occurrences, natural destruction. That but only of one of them features a man with a cape. So this week, so obviously, we we're reviewing Superman Returns, and we also finally got a chance to go see An Inconvenient Truth. We'll do that one second. So let's get into it and review Superman Returns first. All right. Re- second? Re- he returns now. Did he return a second time now? Well, let's just... Let's figure. return the review. Let's start with the big question. Where did you go? Your father used to say that you were put here for reason you know the world can always use more good reporters i want to know it all everything also i want to see photos of him everywhere park hey welcome back so you've met the munchkin hello fearless reporter lois lane is a mommy but if you ask me, she's still in love with you-know-who. Does he still stand for truth, justice, all that stuff? Superman returns. How could you leave us like that? It's not easy for me to live my life being who I am, keeping secrets. The world doesn't need a savior, and neither do I. So long, Superman. Lex Luthor. Get bald. Cute kid. Come with me. You're not going to want to miss this. What's wrong? Lois and Jason are missing. I have advanced alien technology. But millions of people will die. Billion! What do you got, Olsen? Look, in the sky, Chief. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, look, it's... You wanted to see me? Superman Returns. This is the... Sort of a sequel to Superman the movie done in 1978 by Richard Donner. Who was the director of that movie, starring Christopher Reeve as the penultimate Superman and Margot Kidder, Gene Hackman, etc. This is kind of a sequel to that movie. I would say that it's a toss-up if it's a, a sequel to Superman 2 or not. Yeah. It's Either I think way, it's alluded to. They didn't take it very seriously. Mythos. Well, they definitely didn't take into account 3 and 4, Superman 3 and 4, which sucked, and they were right not to take those into account. But uh, this movie stars Brandon Routh as uh, Superman. Slash Clark Kent, uh, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, Parker Posey as his sort of femme fatale whatever. Yeah, whatever criminal her chick. Point is, um, <laughs> what was the Kate Bosworth? Yeah. Kate Bosworth. Okay. As Lois, Lois Lane. Lane. Frank Langella as Perry White. It's directed by Brian Singer, who directed X Men Two and The Usual Suspects and stuff like that. So in this movie, Superman's been gone. We, we we will be very careful to not give spoilers, but I will tell you that we'll, we may allude to certain things in it. So if you want to be completely spoiler-free, do not listen to this show. Just wait <laughs> wait till you've seen the movie and then go ahead and listen to it. Sure. <laughs> so in this one, Superman's been away for like five years. Um, they Astronomers find remnants of what they think is Krypton, which is the planet that Superman is supposedly from. And he's – in the beginning credits, there's a little uh, – text description that says that he left the planet after astronomers found Krypton and he goes away to go, I don't know, 
And apparently doesn't find anything. Doesn't find back. anything and comes back. Same way right. it's been five years. So he comes back and a lot has changed. Uh, Lois Lane was who he was previously interested in, and now he she's got a little husband and a boy. Little boy and a, no, not a husband, like a living boyfriend. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they didn't necessarily say he was a husband. Yeah, everything but a husband. Right. So that's the deal. He comes back and a lot of things have changed and it's questionable whether the world needs him there or not. And he goes around saving stuff. And of course, Lex Luthor is out of jail and apparently he, gets it on with an old lady to, yeah. <laughs> so he gets some scratch money, you know, and, you and know, he plans you gotta to, do, you know, you're out of prison, <laughs> do his get bad yourself stuff. on your feet. So, yeah. Uh, so, well, my only question is this. He is Superman. Okay. It doesn't Very take him good. five years to figure out that Krypton is completely gone. I guess he had to fly around for he a had, while or well, something. Well, I don't think he flew. I think he so, took the ship. He, I'm presuming he took, took his ship. ship that he crashed in when he was a little boy and he took oh, it home. Oh, that's right. He had like a little space pod Yeah, but still, I mean, if he can circle the Earth in like five seconds. He's faster than a speeding bullet, so he's not. He's fast, but he's not that fast. Or maybe Krypton goes back in time while he goes forward in time, so he, he's at the same spot for five years. And... I don't know. Well, as he approaches the speed of light, Time would pass faster on Earth, so maybe it only took him like 20 minutes to get there and back, and then it was five years later on Earth. Uh, he's Superman; he can do anything. <laughs> and then he just spun the Earth around backwards for a while, because we all know that makes time go backwards. It does. So I've tried. That's why tried? I felt. That's why I felt younger five years ago. He must you be ran Superman. Up, you ran up to a wall and you were pushing and pushing, but it <laughs> no, wasn't. I just got, I got on the freeway and ran as fast as I could. <laughs> Nothing happened. Backwards? Nothing happened. You have to run backwards. Oh. Did you have Damn. a cape on? Sorry, I didn't. And red, and, and red no. underwear. No, no. That's I the didn't. key. On the outside. No. That's the key. No. See? Anyway. Here's the thing. I think Superman the movie is a classic. The first one. I think it, it is probably in the top five of my favorite movies of all time. And the Superman character as a character is about as close as anything that I can pinpoint in my life as being a hero figure like somebody that I would actually think is a, a hero worthy going into this movie Super to say dance. that my expectations were high is a, uh, yeah, you were geeked about it. Oh, I was incredible. I was, uh, not so much. But. And you know, I, uh, I think there's a major flaw in this movie that, that for me made it lack of a plot. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I didn't mind the movie. It, it was okay. I, I liked, okay. I liked it. There were parts just, of it. I liked the third it was act. Too long. The third act for me yeah. turned the whole movie on its head, and the I, third, I well the whole ending. And we can't just, say what it is, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, and the whole ending was just kind of like, huh? It was just kind of like anticlimactic, and personally, yeah, no, I, I just I thought the whole you. the I whole movie didn't make a whole lot of sense, and the the ending just didn't make even made even less sense. Well, it made sense <clears throat> to me, but it was like this. Here's my thought: If you liked the 19, if you if you loved the 1978 Superman, you are going to lose it when you first go into the movie. You're going to be giddy because the beginning of the movie starts with a rehash of the original credit sequence, but done far far cooler, which was really cool. All um, the space stuff. Yeah. See, I don't remember that. Yeah, they, that was a that was what they did in the original, but of course this time they made it look really sweet and you know whatever. CGI so for the win. It was cool. The movie as it uh, as it progresses. I th I thought it was pretty good and it had a great tone up until about the third act. Actually, maybe halfway through the second act, and then they start making these like plot decisions that for me was like 
you're mis you're misrepresenting the character. It just didn't make any sense. How, how is it that misrepresentation? Was the whole I mean, we can't see the problem is we, yeah, we can't, can't talk about really what communicate happened. what I don't happens. Give any I would say though, if you liked the the Richard Donner series of movies, or at least the very first one, you probably won't like this. But I, I could be wrong. I, I mean, I loved it, and I thought this movie went way off on the wrong track for a number of reasons. By screwing with the – you know what it really was? It was a moral clarity issue with Superman, and that yeah, was my problem. I think I know where you're going with it. Basically, Superman tried to break up a relationship. We can say that, I think. We, we can, we yeah, can, he's, we he can does try make some effort at See, it. See, that happened like in the first there part of the hit, second yeah. act when hit. Superman goes all stalker. Because he's all well, like, yeah, but yeah. you figure out, okay, <laughs> that be creepy? Superman yeah. went away for five years. He comes back. It's five and years. He's always been in time. love with, with that chick, whatever yeah. her name Lois is. Lois Lane. So Lane. he comes Got back real, and, he, real and, Superman and, fan and, and he finds her in love with someone else. Now, he was brought up human. Okay, he was brought up human, so he has interacted with humans throughout his life with this supernatural powers. So naturally, he has some human nature in him to be jealous. But from the story, but from the story standpoint, it's it's okay <laughs> that he that he that he. But that's your that's your moral. Okay, Superman look, is a, a paladin. The, yeah, exactly. Batman. This is where it comes from. Batman, Batman is a, a flawed character, right? He's Wrong. A, he's no, he's a, he's, a, he's a good podcasts. guy. He's he's morally just i would say he's just not good he's morally just but he's a flawed character he's what do they used to call it in D &D? um no, no. What, what were he the would ones be law were... he would be uh chaotic good chaotic good whereas right. superman would be lawful good he's lawful a paladin good. yeah so the character wow are we geeking out here well no it's true though <laughs> nope, really it's a useful yeah classification so, and i mean so yeah so superman is not chaotic good is you do what you think is right Whereas lawful good, you do what the law says. Is the right. situation Superman finds himself in, coming from a small town background and being a lawful good character in the whole nine yards, he wouldn't have found himself in, and that's wrong, my problem. Wrong. Wrong. Lewis Lane and that guy wasn't married, so technically, I think they went the wrong direction with the character, and because the very direction they went with the character, I think they're trying to make him seem more human. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. More realistic. But when that's okay, but the way they went with it, yeah. they the story yeah. necessitated to go down that road, and then when the story went down that road, then the whole thing to me started falling apart, and that was sort of my issue. When he, the, the, the best stuff in the movie is early on when he makes his first he's reappearance just doing the and usual stuff Superman like shtick where he's flying yeah. around, saving shuttles, and yeah, see, that's now, boring stuff. But see, here's a movie though, like I and you talk about this all the time, and I know Derek, you you're. Probably into this as well. You guys like you know like plot twists and not to not know what's going to happen. I don't want to know happen. what the end's going to be. In in this kind of movie, Please. I would rather have it be that way. In this kind really? of a situation, some some then? plot twist or something. Okay. Yeah. Because well, it's you need like, at least a few plot twists. Or, because you know, why even be there? I don't know. To me, it's almost like. I mean, just to see it's like a mythological effects. retelling of something. Yeah, it's like okay, you you I pass the story that. down and you keep. It's like I saw the Spider-Man 3 trailer the other day, and there's something in the Spider-Man 3 trailer where if you know the the comics stories, you already know what's going to happen just because of the scenes they showed you. And it's obviously, like at the end I, of I'm not going to give. With well, the, now here, here's, you know, with the Phoenix. here's yeah, where I don't. So by seeing that trailer, I know what's going to happen, and I was excited by the fact that they're going to do that, right? But I'm I don't care that I know how it's going to end up. I actually want it to end up that way because that's the right way to go. Well, if it's a good me. story, yeah, I guess I can see You that. assume it's the right way to go. Now, what if there was they were following the comic, right? 
but the author of the comic missed out a few parts that he wanted to put into the comic that he didn't get a chance to. And now they're it's, – it's like the hidden books of the Bible or the lost books of the Bible, right? Derek, do you give a damn at all about Superman as a character? I love Superman. Seriously? I no, seriously do. You know why? You know why? Because he's the only superhero that can't really die. See, that's the thing I hate about Superman. He is almost like God. And right. hence the ending when he just, just... – So did you – Did ending, you have a problem? Was, with what they did at the end, well, which part? <laughs> I mean, did at the ending, pro- at the ending, it was a little bit religious. Oh, very much. But you he's know. always Superman has always been almost a just, Christ-like you know, figure, but yeah. not yeah. Like, messianic. Like you know? I mean, yeah. at the end, the ending really was like, even if you're not a church goer and you know the Christian history, it's gonna hit you and say, "Oh that, my God." That's kind of Superman though too, and it always really has been, with some weird iterations here and there. But it's always been kind of like that. I think there was a lot of forced religious allegory if you're going down that road. There was well, well but there always has. There been, was right? Superman hovering above the earth like this, yeah. looking down, hearing and well, watching. I don't know what like, like this God. means, but yeah. Well, with his arms spread out in like a crucifix type pose, you know. I mean, well, but you, that brings up a good point. What do you do with your arms when you're flying around? You don't need him to do anything. This you can't guy, just go around like this. I'll tell you what. This <laughs> guy, Brandon Ruth, who played Superman. He did a really he good, job, a good as, job as Clark Kent, and yeah. he did a he did a I think a pretty passable job as Superman. I don't really have a lot of complaints. He did not fly as well as Christopher Reeve. I know that's like a nitpick. But here, Christopher here, Reeve. Let me just make no, no, one no, no, thing no, no, clear no. to you first. None of them can actually fly. No, I know, but okay. it's yeah, the, the, way, sure. the way the way Christopher Reeve would like use his hands or whatever when he flew actually made you almost believe that somebody could do that, or the the way he he you know it's when all he, in how you hold your hands. Well, when he like you know Brandon <laughs> Ruth, he's just flying like this, right? Yeah, his arms straight out, out yeah. and that's right. Christopher Reeve, he would like he would like bank, and turn and. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, how? He was like, There's a technique to it. Apparently. He was into it. You know. You got. You guys got to watch Bryce do this action. Yeah, it's, it's too like, bad to do a video. I Actually, he, it's probably just as well we don't do a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he carried the character pretty good, and I mean, honestly, my I favorite character fine. was Kevin Spacey. I agree. Did you guys but like Kevin Spacey? Yeah, yeah he's I mean, awesome. he he played a very good Lex Luthor role. Did, Did you like him better than Gene Hackman? I don't remember much about. I don't Gene remember. Hackman. You know, I watched I mean, Superman once or twice when I was a kid, and I just it was one of those things I watched as a kid. I don't have much memory of it i thought kevin spacey was a little flat really yeah well part of it was is the that's plot his charm, was just stupid but i'm not gonna go what, into that because i don't want to give anything the plot didn't make any sense yeah yeah but i mean I've, I've always been a kevin spacey fan except for that uh that space movie that he did the thing that i didn't yeah, like but you could though, destroy lex Luthor. <laughs> they recycled so much of the dialogue from oh, the really? from the first movie I mean, because I, I know I know Superman the movie like I know Star Wars. It's like one of those things that I could cite you dialogue from. Like you know, kids they just they they watch these over and over again. Raiders of the Lost Ark the same way that Monty kind of Python, stuff. Yeah. Ghostbusters, okay. Pokemon. <laughs> Anyways, there's a scene in the original where uh, Miss Tessbacher, who's the femme fatale, the fit, Parker Posey character, whatever, in yeah, this one. yeah. She says, you know, like Lex, what are you trying to do or whatever? And she she says, uh, or he says, you know, one thing my father always told me when uh-huh. I was a little boy and. Miss Tessmacher interrupts him and says, "Get out!" And he says, "No." You know, but see, I thought that was pretty funny, and I didn't remember it. From yeah, the first dude, that one, was so I can't funny, really blame man. Him for putting it in. Yeah, but they did it again, and they also did the same thing with. Um, but I think they, they, the they, reason they did it is because it was a pretty good line. You know, it was pretty good dialogue from the first one. And yeah, but like they, other than you, 
real fans. What else did they do again? In the beginning of the movie, it's probably not given too much away, but he Superman is involved in saving an airplane. Uh, and when he sets the airplane down, he says, you know, I hope this doesn't put you all off flying. Statistically, it's still the safest way to, to travel. Well, that's almost word for word what he said in the original movie when he saves Lois Lane from the helicopter crash. Isn't that, though, kind of realistic? I mean, if you got to figure, if he's been saving super li- or airliners for however long he's been doing it, maybe that's like his, his little tagline. His thing that he so does? It's like, why not, you know? Well, if it didn't bother you guys. Because it after just... all, it's easier to save a few airliners a year than yeah, rather than a bunch on, of man. car it's like, it's like It's like them McDonald workers. You want it supersized? <laughs> so he's got a line. He's got, he's a, got line. a line. You know, I he's mean, got a script. He's got a phone. So he's like a universal. Script. I mean, it's like he's trying to hit if all. If you the walk points. into McDonald's, okay, you will never, never, ever hear this. Hear them say this. Uh, would you like more fries? You know, it's always. Would you like that supersized? <laughs> you know. Oh God! Wait, you you could be right. Maybe that's I like mean, his tangent. Calling. If he, he, <laughs> Superman has got to have his his trademark lines. They they duplicate some of the same stuff that they did in the first movie by having earthquakes and natural disasters break out. Yeah. I mean, it's the same stuff that happened before. It's like they duplicate so much. Lo- Lois and him take a night flight again. It's like well, some of that I think they were just kind of harkening uh, back Lewis for the and geeks Superman and taking a night flight. You can't take that away from him though. That's, I'm just that's thinking... his. That's the trademark. That's the ultimate trademark of a super. That you know the romance they had. But given the fact of how they sullied the two characters in this one, it isn't anymore. What was once innocent and reasonably pure is in this one darkened, cloudy, and flawed. That's, see, I just go back I to don't the, know my if same it's problem. Flawed with the movie. or if it's intentionally flawed. I think it was intentionally flawed. Yeah. It was, so, it's what Eric you know, was saying. I mean, they tried back... to make him more human as a character, well, but in doing so, I think they went the wrong way of making him more human. How would you do it? How would I do it? I don't know. Come back to us Superman's hard because basically <laughs> you're show. looking – I mean you're right. With Superman's what... hard because the character – it's very hard to set up situations that put him in peril because he's immune to everything. Right. So either you have to put his his family or loved ones in under threat. He could still get out of or it. Or you have to <laughs> find yet another source of Krypton and figure out some way to abuse him with I mean, that. It's like, like you said. You know, there's you, no other if, way if to go. If you look at Batman, he's pretty much a guy in a costume. So, but see, the Spider-Man, Bat- same thing. Batman is the human character, right? Yeah. Batman can be full of flaws because he's human. Right. Superman is an alien. You're totally right well, when you say that he's a sort of almost a religious figure because he is. He's almost like God. He's he's a god for for lack yeah. of anything else to to say about him. So to to make him he's like flawed. Thor. He's like Thor. Yeah, exactly. Except without the hammer and tights. But Thor's a he lot like tights. that too, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Superman yeah. has tights. Thor yeah. doesn't. But here's a way that they, they work Thor right, and, and there's a recent Marvel Comics thing that's, that's come out called The Ultimates where they've redone the Avengers, which is the, the group with Captain America and Thor and the Hulk and et cetera, right? So they've redone all the characters trying to give them sort of more update storylines and et cetera, and they made Thor kind of flawed. He's still a god. He still comes from Asgard, et cetera, mm-hmm. but this time – Thor really isn't interested in helping people unless it's for an agenda that he believes in. And the agenda that he believes in is like the sort of environmental stuff. He's out to like save the planet, hmm. save nature. He's all real big into Greenpeace and stuff like that. But that's his agenda. And he'll he'll work for you and save you if that's the agenda. But if it's going to be like starting wars or fighting little tiffs or whatever, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Screw and he'll you. just refuse to help. And in that sense, it works. Well, it's, it seems believable as a okay, character. Okay, so, yeah. so now sure we're saying that Superman <laughs> is an alien. 
right? He, he's he's an alien, clearly. He's right. not from the planet, right? Okay, so he, he comes to Earth, okay? And we're assuming that he's perfect from another planet. Apparently, yeah. We're saying he has superpowers, but we're not saying that he does not have sexual desires or any kind of emotion or anything else. No, we're not. And so that's what makes... him being doing what he did is not necessarily altogether untru- you know unbelievable. No, it isn't. And that's why that's why from one perspective, I don't think the movie sucked. I, I don't think it sucked at all. I think it was okay. I, yeah, I think it was okay too. But that's that's my I guess my point is that you've taken a character that is traditionally above that. And you've brought him down to a human level, where I didn't want him down at a human level. I liked him where he was. That was what made him hero-worthy. See, Batman is not someone that I would quote – and I know these are fictional characters, right? But it's not – Batman is not someone I would look up to in the same sense that I would look up to Superman. You don't want to basically – you don't want to be Batman because you, you recognize Batman as being a flawed, broken – individual who's a very sad depressed See, when i was a kid i want to be batman it's you want to you want to be batman be but you want to be batman from a from a certain standpoint i mean if i want to be superman about, like, too but batman more batman if you're just talking about like, like kicking cool. ass or being cool you want to be batman yeah you don't want to Pure be batman and, in as private the driven snow because right? batman in private is alone and depressed and angst-ridden where Superman in private is he's like he's, 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 he's adjusted you just don't know what he does when he's alone well, yeah, you do. You do from the comics and the movies. He and sits stuff. in a room full of crystals and stares. Right, it's Fortress of Solitude. He, he gets good TV. Well, and I think I think this crystals. is what they tried to do in this movie was they probably tried to address what you're saying, where they tried to address here's this lonely guy. <laughs> to me, he just guy. never seen much of a character. Is what it boils yeah. down to. I mean, he's this guy that basically yeah. he's he's I mean, his sole purpose. Everyone loves him, but no one really yeah. loves him because he's alone, even surrounded by the whole world who loves him. It no, seems to me no like really if, if I was him. Superman, I'd just be it'd be terrible. You'd have all this power to fix things, and you'd be like, "I all I can do all day long is just run around saving people." Yeah, and I and, mean, if you stop, people die. Right, and, but and then the only again, reason you they can't... die is because you didn't go there to do it, so you can't like you know. I think that was one of the themes of the movie, actually. Yeah, I think kind so of, to some know? extent, but that's yeah. why I never liked him. I think as a kid, it was, it was like, you know, if you can see everything and hear everything and you're immune to everything, I mean, you don't have any excuse to not be sounds like, working uh, all the time. Sounds like God, doesn't he? Yeah. Give it. That's the point. That's. Yeah. That's what he was from the beginning, yeah. sort of. So, it was an allegory. That's why the what, way they what made happened human... in the movie was wrong, as far as I'm concerned, from my understanding of the character. I know, that, I, that, that's really it. I didn't mind the story, but it's almost like an alternate universe Superman no, for me. I think the way they humanized him made, made me more interested in the movie, in the character, that hmm. he's actually vulnerable. See, I think it would have been more interesting if they'd actually scrapped the whole returning bit and if he had actually just it, – they just redid the first movie. And then you would have seen him coming down, growing up, going through all those things as a teenager. I mean that would have been kind of cool, yeah. I would think, well, yeah. as opposed to this where they got to like work him into all this other backstory. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean he goes through his regular saving stuff from exploding and you know blowing fires up and all that stuff, which is normal. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the only addition that to this character in this movie – was how vulnerable he was. I mean, basically, I agree. I, agree. I totally agree. You know, yeah. I guess love was the only thing that's really breaking him apart. Something that he wants and he doesn't have because, first of all, he's the only one left from his whole planet, and that's something that he can't feel, and that's something that Lewis can only give him, or he feels from her. 
there's a movement out there of people on message boards and within fandoms of different things like Stargate fans, Star Wars fans, whatever. And they're called shippers. Now, some of you who are listening may be shippers with certain things. Shippers are people who like who follow the relationships on television shows of people and they so instead of you know instead of watching say Battlestar Galactica for the special effects on the storyline you watch it for the relationship between Starbuck and Apollo and it, it's a lot of times these are women that do this but it can be guys too and they follow along like hoping that they're going to sure. hook up one day it's, it's, it's the, like whole, the whole it, thing with X-Files back in the day it's like exactly. it's just the one where they'll kiff totally totally yeah. i'm a shipper with superman from the standpoint of I don't ever really want him to hook up with Lois Lane. I don't ever really want him to come down to the human level. They, I don't want him there. They kind of did. But that's my point. That's I don't like. want him there. I want him. I, I don't want them to ever actually do it because that, that's what the shippers always complain about about these shows. They like the shipping part. They don't, they don't like the, the part when they actually – Because then what do you do after that? There's nothing left. There's because, no lead up left. And see, that's kind of real life. In a way, because you know, you always hear people talk about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. The good part of the relationships is the the hunt and you know the lead up. But then you know you get married or you get the girl or whatever, and then you it's life. Life goes on, and it, it's it's a different relationship at that true. point. It's not as romantic or idealized. True and untrue. And they uh, what they did to Superman is they stripped him of his his ideal. They stripped him of his uh, of his power as an icon. Well, here's the question then to you. You know, I mean, would you like a superhero that who is more realistic or who is just so out there that I would prefer that they treated it like they did in the first movie where he had he had his issues with things, but they were within the boundaries of what that character was. It they didn't step firmly outside of it. But life thrives on drama. But I could have done without it. That's my point. In but this... then but then the movie would have ended right there because you know, I... part... but Superman's been going for you know what? 60 years or more? Not every Millions month, of not stories every have been told. Yeah, well, but I'm the just comics saying. and the TV shows back I'm just saying. I mean, comics could go on forever. If the movie was made on strictly the whole the whole series of comics... But the point the is, they didn't, have a, hours. they didn't have a lack of stories. That's my point. They went in a direction with the character that the character usually doesn't go in on his... You know, in, in the books and... I think that's cool. That they don't that's follow... Okay. They don't follow. It's good that at least that they were thinking of... Trying to think outside the box. Yeah, they're trying to think of what could be instead of what is. You just can't fault them for that. Sometimes you fail, you know? Sometimes you fail because you're thinking what could be, but people actually expect what is. In your case, obviously, you expect that what is. I would expect that a a decent amount of people are really going to like the movie. Oh, yeah. It's gotten good reviews and everything. Yeah. And like I said, I I I can't go so far that I say I actually disliked it because I didn't. I liked it. But I liked it in that sort of... It's not going to be it's on not my a bad list. Of... It's just another superhero flick, yeah. you know. You go, you see it, but it was a you good don't watch one. it again. You don't. It was much better. Than... It was a good superhero movie, but yeah. it was just the Hulk. It was much better than the Hulk. Oh yeah, oh god. Final thoughts? Well, I liked it, so I got Boddington's uh, Pub Ale, which is <laughs> out of four or five. Uh, I, guess. I, I give it a four and a half. Okay. Oh, right, yeah. cool. All right. So I got Boddington's as well. Uh, I'd rate Boddington's four or five. See, so, yeah, I got four out of five, five, which is more like a three out of five i'll tell you what i was not um when we went into this i was expecting it was better I, than i had Code. i had my expect there are there are two movies that i had expectations along the same lines as this movie in the past you decade. Get burned a lot um godzilla the the american version of godzilla i had incredibly high expectations of and i got horribly burned because I remember that. yeah and i that was that was bad 
and how about the, Star Wars the Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace? Yeah, the Phantom Menace Taco was the other one, one that really let you down. So I mean, you talk about feeling of going into the theater, and when the like in this movie when the main credits started up or whatever. I mean, I was like, yeah, this rocks. This is gonna be a great movie. It's very similar to how I felt about Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. But I can, yeah, I'm happy to tell you that this is not The Phantom Menace. It's nowhere near as as much of a letdown for people who really like the Superman the movie. It's a good solid sequel. And I think they have stuff to build on here. I just don't like the way they went with the character. Well, Having said that, I think that Warner's has probably got itself a nice franchise that they can build on now. And I'll be interested to see what they can do with it. But I'm sure they'll have another go at it. Yeah. Out of the DC movies, Batman is the one that Batman Begins was, is better than this. I think I like Batman Begins better too. You know, wasn't they didn't take too much of a risk. They followed you know a strict you know plot. Yeah. Superman, they take they took a risk, and when you do that, you know some are gonna like it, some are not. And, That's true. You know, I, I think I, I think a lot of people liked it. I think I might be in the minority, but we'll see. Well, you did like it. You just didn't. I didn't. Love it as I didn't much love as you it. Wanted to. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't watch it again. No, I'd, I'd watch it again. I, I, you know, there were moments. So there we <laughs> are. So let's get on to our other review. hottest years ever measured they've all occurred in the last 14 years and the hottest of all was 2005 the scientific consensus is that we are causing global warming i am al gore i used to be the next president of the united states of america this is patagonia 75 years ago and the same glacier today this is mount kilimanjaro 30 years ago and last year, within the decade, there will be no more snows of Kilimanjaro. This is really not a political issue so much as a moral issue. The temperature increases are taking place all over the world, and that's causing stronger storms. This is the biggest crisis in the history of this country. Early this morning, Hurricane Katrina slammed into New Orleans. Is it possible that we should prepare against other threats besides terrorists? From Paramount Classics comes a film that has shocked audiences everywhere they've seen it. The Arctic is experiencing faster melting. If this were to go, sea level worldwide would go up 20 feet. This is what would happen in Florida. Around Shanghai, home to 40 million people. The area around Calcutta, 60 million Here's Manhattan. The World Trade Center Memorial would be underwater. Think of the impact of a couple hundred thousand refugees, and then imagine a hundred million. We have to act together to solve this global crisis. Our ability to live is what is at stake. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been promising you that we would get to the review for An Inconvenient Truth, which is Al Gore's documentary film on global warming. And we weren't able to get to it because it's it's a art house kind of movie. 
and so it, it plays irregularly even though it's been out for a couple of weeks. So we finally got a chance to go see it here last week, and yes, we, did. we can now give you a review. So An Inconvenient Truth is a documentary film that basically follows Al Gore, the former vice president of the United States, almost president of the United States, as he... He's been giving this lecture, I guess, for the past... For years, apparently. Yeah, maybe yeah. even during his vice presidency. He says he's he given it a thousand it. times. So. Yeah, so he's been giving this lecture on the threat of global warming. And I guess it's become a real popular thing, and they decided to turn, turn it into a documentary film. Now, he's been, according to the film anyways, he's been really trying to get this message out for a long time about global warming and the whole threat of it and the whole thing. You know, sure. and, and honestly, as I'm I sure was he has watching it... it but... It brought back a lot of stuff from when he was vice president that I had forgotten about. Remember they used to call him the Ozone Man? Because he was the guy – well, he was always really big on the environmental stuff. Yeah, I remember buying his book for my mom for her birthday or something. See, I never never even realized he had a book out about that. Well, back when when, uh, Al Gore was vice president, I was like a ditto head. I was a big Rush Limbaugh fan, and I hated Clinton and was a big right-winger. And so anything that was – you know, Al Gore was negative. So – I don't think yeah, I really paid yeah. much attention to what he was doing. He was the guy – wasn't Al Gore the guy that had the whole owl thing? That was the spotted owl yeah, or whatever was this, they say? Well, I think he was just one of – it was an environmental thing. But. So he's been really active for oh, a yeah. long time. He, this The movie is basically about global warming. It's basically his slideshow. I mean yeah. with some bio-type stuff about his past that probably isn't in the slideshow. But it's basically just the slideshow that he's been giving with some extra you know, footage and stuff that wouldn't be in a slideshow. Well, and the, I mean, I think the basic thrust of the movie is that it lays out his yeah. take or his take plus scientists that agree with him, their take on the threat of global warming. And they say that it's perpetuated by us, by people, as opposed to being a, you know, a natural occurrence. And, you know, there's been all kinds of debate. I actually read something online today, again, about the scientists who don't agree with him. But I think the thing that's interesting to note about about it that I've been thinking about is that it doesn't really matter anymore whether it used to be the argument was it happening or not and now the argument, I think the is, argument is who's do, who's no responsible for it yeah. and i don't think it really matters at this point who's responsible for it yeah except for everybody should try to do something to to fix yeah, it yeah i think if there's a chance that even if you don't think we're doing it but there's a chance that we're doing it we're certainly not helping it i don't think anyone's saying we're helping the problem i can't imagine so, anything we're doing that's good i don't know personally i think we're doing it but uh, i've always thought that I've never seen a movie, gone to a movie with so many graphs. <laughs> How long? It was about uh, two hours. It was probably two minutes, hours. Yeah, like it was a little long. Yeah. And there um, was a lot of graphs. Well done graphs. I mean, it's not like they were I, I useless. But... It was a good documentary. It, it's gotten a lot of press. It's, it's really popular. It, it's sold out shows pretty much where, wherever it opens. I thought it wasn't rough enough, honestly. There were parts of it that I, I didn't think that they elucidated Yeah, I think he was trying problems. to not be real alarmist about it. You know what I mean? Because some people been, just go like, oh, he's alarmist. just pulling a Michael Moore. And well, that's ignore, true. You know? That's true. So, In my opinion, the two problems with the movie were is that he wasn't alarmist enough, and at the end, he didn't do a good enough job of trying to enunciate potential solutions yeah he could have he could have spent some more time on that i suppose i think a lot of it is just trying to make people realize there is a problem and then i guess theoretically they'll look into ways to fix it themselves (laughs) it was um it was pretty compelling i mean all those charts and graphs weren't necessarily boring i think once you sort of no no i i wasn't saying that i'm just i don't think i've ever seen a movie or even a documentary with so many charts 
It's like once you you, you but they're pretty convincing. Oh yeah, and and it's one after the other where basically it's the same chart. It's it's basically ramping up. It's hello exponential curve. Yeah, (laughs) and we're in the wrong place on that curve. Yeah, so it's interesting as we're recording this, we're recording it at a at a time where we've just had tornadoes all over the place in southeast Michigan. Yeah. And just wacky weather. Let's get used and, to it. Yeah, so we're it's sort of a, a coincidence, and we're sitting in uh, Eric's basement studio. Safe, yeah, hopefully from the <laughs> from the evil, wicked weather that yeah. was coming. I, enjoy, I it's hard to say I enjoyed it. They they build this. As, it's not it's not like a movie you go to see to enjoy. Really, didn't they, what, what was the, how did they market this movie? That's the they said know. it was gonna it was the most terrifying movie you'll ever something see. Like that, something yeah, like that, yeah. I guess it is in a way. I mean, if it's new to, new information to you, you might be find it kind of See, terrifying. It wasn't new to you, was it? No, not me neither. No, I mean, I I took like environmental physics and stuff in college, and so <laughs> this is new. Yeah. That was ten years ago. I, yeah, I for can, people who I don't, can see it for yeah. no one who's ever even embraced the the thought that it might be happening. But I mean, honestly, it's gotten to the point where years and years back, I was among the camp who questioned it, who was just like, I'm not even sure it's happening like they say it's happening. But it's it's obvious to me now, just even watching the way the seasons work here in Michigan, things have changed so much that it's the winters are warm, the summers are yeah. kind of flaky as far as what happens with the temperatures. Well, then he, I mean, like he had that one chart. I think the one chart that I thought that was probably the best one, one graph, was the 650,000 years of carbon and temperature levels. If you remember that one going, oh, right, that they right. pulled out of like Arctic ice or something like that, and it fluctuates all over the place over 650,000 years, and then in the but last four, range. yeah, it's all within a certain range. I don't remember what the numbers are, but in the last four years, it shoots up to like three times higher than it's ever been in 650,000 years, and yeah. you're just looking at that going, oh, that can't be good. Yeah, that just can't be good. Well, I would something that I read this afternoon sort of was like. Uh, some scientists that sort of, and they were from NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center, I think is where these guys were from, and they mm-hmm. were saying that uh, the they agree with basically both both sides of it, that they think it's a natural fluctuation plus us, yeah, I think that's and probably we've it. exacerbated yeah. what would be a natural yeah. change. Yeah. In fact, so, I think if you if I recall on that exact chart I was talking about, you could see it, because the way he presented it, you know, he had it going up to about, I don't know, like 98 or something, yeah. and it was going on an upward trend at that point. And then he he revealed you know like the last ten years or whatever of of data and where it shot way up and yeah. so I think yeah we've just been feeding into it so yeah so it's like yeah, yes. uh, go watch uh, Roland Emmerich's movie The Day After Tomorrow the worst case scenario of what happens if what what Al Gore presented occurs yeah. Gulf Stream stops and plunges Europe into an ice age and well us I guess part it could happen into an ice age you know as well. from what he they you know from what he laid out last night so. So it could happen know, even a, as br- abruptly as that movie, from what I recall, portrayed it. So. It was within months in that yeah. movie, I think. It if happened like that the fast. ice, what was it like, some western ice, western part of the Antarctic ice sheet? Well, it, that was part of it, but it, it stopped the salinity. It broke up the salinity. Yeah, that was of the, the one in Greenland. It stopped yeah. the uh, the flow of the the Gulf yeah, Current, the Gulf yeah. Stream. So yeah, it shut Gulf down stream. the Gulf Stream, basically. That just wreaks havoc. The last time that happened, it plunged everything into an ice age, according to what scientists think. So. I don't know. It's not. It's not a cheery movie. That, no, that's not for at sure. All. Um, not at all. Honestly, I wish he would have spent more time. That at the, that the very tail it's end a long of the movie, movie but yeah. there's like text on the screen that says, you know, what you can cute do. Ways what you can do. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that people I think are leaving. And... Yeah, he spent so much time on what the threat was that it would have been good to like. It wouldn't even even have taken that long. You know, he could have like done something where he took like a. You know, like a standard family house or something, and showed the different things you can do, and then yeah. showed the, you know, like just the 
savings and power or whatever, you know. And I think he's right. I mean, his or like for just an average family, or you know, just to make it a a standard case scenario kind of thing. Well, his basic idea was is that if everybody does a little bit, it adds up into being quite a bit. Sure. And I think that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And they were reasonably simple things that he was suggesting that people did. But like I said, it it didn't take very long. I don't think people are going to remember that as much as they're going to remember those charts. Mm-hmm. And the one point in the center, yeah, of the movie it might actually worrying. scare people into saying, "Oh well, why worry about it? Yeah. We're all screwed." Well, I think so. that the whole peak of the movie is where he gets like about halfway through his presentation and asks people, you know, is there something else we should be worrying about and providing for other than you know war, the and, war terrorism? and terror? And you know that kind of stops you, and you're like, "Geez, this is this is a little bit worse than that." This could be a lot worse in terms yeah. of you know damages or whatever. You know, it's interesting. I um. I've been a conservative for quite a long time, and I, you know, Al Gore was obviously not a person that I would have been disposed to listen to one way or the other. But taking away from this movie, the first thing that hit me after walking out of it was if this had been the Al Gore, the guy in this movie, who, who yeah. ran for president against George W. Much way, more way laid back, back and humorous, and I may have gone with this guy. Yeah. He just seemed like a normal person. It, I mean, it was so close; it could have swayed the. Whatever. Yeah, he's so. a completely different person. Now, from what I understand in interviews and stuff, he's not using this to get back into politics. He's using this to forward No, because there was this. nothing. I mean, but there was, I mean, it not was really, not though. really a political movie. No, so. he, he talks about his past a little bit. Um, but I, pretty much the reason he talks about his past is to, to, to explain to you why he's here doing this now. Sure. So An Inconvenient Truth, starring Al Gore, I guess. Um, <laughs> and pretty much no one else. Well, your best bet to see this movie is to go to the Inconvenient Truth website, uh, and they will tell you what cities and when it's playing, and just hope that you can get it in a city near you where you can see it. Either that or... I'm you sure know, it'll be out on DVD sooner or later. Six to seven months, it'll probably yeah. be out on, on yeah, DVD. Yeah, it'll be like all the little movies. But it's definitely worth your seeing. If you don't know anything at all about the global warming phenomena, mm-hmm. then it might be worth your time to check it out. And even and, if you think you do, you might as well see the argument and see what you think of it. Yeah, his yeah. Uh, his his data is is very interesting and compelling. And after having myself gone and checked it out after the fact, I don't see any reason to disbelieve what he's saying. The only arguments left are between scientists who think we're not causing it and the scientists who think nature's causing it. But no one really is questioning anymore that it's happening. Yeah. And that's pretty scary. So. Yeah. But anyways. Cheerful. aren't plenty anymore like the water from our sink they say it's not safe to drink you gotta go and buy it at the store now we're told there's a hole in the old song look what's washing on the beach and lord i believe from the heavens to the sea we're bringing mother nature to her knees Let's leave some blue up above us Let's leave some green on the ground It's only ours to borrow Let's save some for tomorrow Leave it and pass it on down
Well, that's it for Taverncast The Screen for the week of June 28th. Please check us out online at thescreen.taverncast.com. The site's finally up, and if you agree or disagree with our reviews, you can log in there and uh, leave reviews and comments for us. See you next time. Green is a Snapdragon production and part of the Taverncast family of podcasts. Visit us online at www.taverncast.com. <laughs>